You're listening to the Unlimited Fantasy Football Podcast, your news for everything related to fantasy football. I'm your host, Ben Droz, and I'm going to be right here every week giving you the updates on fantasy football with injuries and what those injuries mean for your players, trade advice, and who you should be picking up on the waiver wire. All that and more is right here on the Unlimited Fantasy Football Podcast. So we're going to start the show off like we always do, jumping right into the injury report. And there were a lot of major names around the league that got hit with pretty significant injuries. So a lot of names to note on the injury report coming out of week five. The biggest name is the Vikings star wide receiver and consensus number one overall fantasy draft pick this year. Justin Jefferson has been put on the injury reserve on the injured reserve because of a hamstring injury he suffered in the Vikings lost against the Kansas City Chiefs. So Justin Jefferson is going to miss at least four weeks, and it could easily be more than this. I mean, so he's going to miss at least four weeks. The Vikings are already just one and four to start the season. They easily could just, after after four weeks, they could easily just be two and seven, three and six, maybe at best if they go 500. I mean, like they're likely not going to have that good of a record. What's going to be the rush to for Justin Jefferson to come back to this team that could easily just be two and seven, likely not gonna be making the playoffs when he's hasn't signed an extension with the team. The quarterback situation, I mean, Kirk Cousins, they don't know what the future for him is. There's just so many uncertainties. I'm not saying Justin Jefferson's gonna sit out the rest of the year. I'm just saying there's not gonna be like this incentive that Justin Jefferson has to push to come back super early. He's going to take his time. I think the Vikings are going to want to take their time with this. They know how important he is to the team. So, I mean, this could, we could maybe see Justin Jefferson out for more than a month. It could be five, six, seven weeks before we see him back on the field. So, I mean, the implications for this for fantasy is, I mean, KJ Osborne now is going to be probably take that Justin Jefferson spot just like on the field on the X spot. Um, so he's probably going to get the most playing time because of this injury. But I don't. I think this helps Jordan Addison way more than it would KJ Osborne, just because Addison has way bigger of a talent profile. They drafted him in the first round this last year. He's been playing pretty good this year. He's been a flex play already. Um. So I would say Addison is likely going to be a high end wide receiver two now for me with the Justin Jefferson injury, and I'd say KJ Osborne's going to be a flex play moving forward until Justin Jefferson comes back. But Jordan Addison definitely is going to be the biggest name to watch after this Justin Jefferson injury. The next injury to note was that Anthony Richardson, the Colts rookie quarterback is now expected to miss four to eight weeks because of he's going to need surgery to his soul shoulder. Excuse me. So he's going to be placed on the IR. He has a shoulder injury, going to need surgery four to eight weeks. Now, obviously, I mean, Anthony Richardson this year has been a quarterback one for your team if you've had him. I mean, you probably got him later in the draft. He's been a big steal for you, and this is definitely bad news to hear. Wish Richardson the best. Hope I, I Again, I think this is another situation where the Colts know how important he's going to be, not just this year for them, but, like, he is their franchise centerpiece moving forward. So they likely are not going to try to 
rush him back. It's likely going to be leaning more towards those eight weeks than the four weeks, if I were to guess. So Richardson likely going to be out for a very significant time. I mean, the fantasy implication of this is now Gardner Minshew is going to be starting. I think Minshew, if you're in a one-quarterback league, you likely can find a better option. But if you're in Superflex, Minshew's likely going to be the only option if you're able to get him off the waiver wire. So I would say Minshew definitely is a viable option to go to if if you have no other option, but definitely not great. I would say this more affects the wide receiver core and Michael Pittman and Josh Downs. Downs now, to me, he has played better when Minshew's been at the quarterback spot than Richardson. So I think this puts Downs firmly on the flex radar. And I think this hurts Michael Pittman's upside just because I think Gardner Minshew is going to spread the ball out around his receivers more than Richardson. Richardson was kind of very much looking Pittman's way more a lot more than others. And Minshew hasn't really made Pittman the focal point. Definitely the best wide receiver on the team for Minshew, obviously. But Downs and, Min- and Pittman are likely going to be getting the same amount of targets. I think because Pittman's a better player, I would still play him above Downs, obviously. But I'm just saying I think this hurts Michael Pittman's upside. So, I mean, I would wait a week just because against the Jaguars to start the year, Miles Michael Pittman's best game. And now they're playing the Jaguars again this week. So, I mean, I'm not saying just trade him right now because you're worried about that. I think he could have a big game this week. If he does, that honestly would probably be a good time to maybe sell high on Michael Pittman. Another injury to note was that the rookies, the Dolphins rookie running back, Devon A-Chain, is going to be on the IR after injuring his knee. And Coach Mike McDaniel said that this is kind of a tough decision. I mean, they, they were on the fence of whether to put him on the IR, but they did that just to make sure they don't rush him back. So again, I think it's going to be missed four weeks. He's going to be back, ready to go after that. In the meantime, Jeff Wilson is expected to come off of the IR and play for the Dolphins this next week. So Jeff Wilson likely is going to be, I think, a low on flex play this first week. Again, especially since the Dolphins are going against the Panthers, not a very good rush defense. And then, I mean, this just really helps Mostert, though. He is firmly an RB1. He's been very good this year. A-Chain started eating into his workload, but now that A-Chain's hurt, Mostert is definitely an RB1 this week. But again, I think as Wilson gets healthier and healthier and more and more integrated back into the offense, I think this could maybe be a 50-50 split. I mean, remember last year, Jeff Wilson was the RB1 for the Dolphins last year. So it's not like Jeff Wilson is like, this, this, like, that most is way better than Wilson. Like, Wilson was starting last year. So, Jeff Wilson definitely, if he's on the waiver wires, I mean, I'll touch on him more later, but definitely a guy that you should be looking to add off the waiver wire. The last injury to note was that James Conner suffered a knee injury in the Cardinals game against the Bengals, and he's expected to miss multiple weeks. They also put him on the IR. So, I mean, again, this is honestly one of the biggest reasons why I have been shied away from drafting James Connors because it's not because I don't think he's not a good player or that he doesn't produce in fantasy because he does. It's every year. He, he, he cannot seem to stay healthy. It sucks. He's been really good for fantasy this year and last year. But, I mean, he's just always been hit with the injury bug. Hope him the best in his recovery. But in the meantime, Eric DiMercato is going to be likely the running back on passing downs and then Ingram is going to be their early down back Ingram 
was at the beginning of the year listed as their backup to James Conner. He's missed the last two weeks because of a neck injury. He's going to be back this year. He's expected to be back this week. So and they have and the Colonels have him listed at the top of the depth chart. So Ingram likely going to be the early down back and Di Mercado likely going to be that third down back. But I think because of the passing game utilage that Di Mercado is going to use, I think he is the option if you need to play a Colonels somebody in this Colonels backfield because you don't have another option. I think Di Mercado is the guy that you should be looking to add off waiver wires. And again, I'll touch on him more later. So let's now jump into the waiver wire ads that you need out of week five. And my top priority this week is Eric DiMercato. Even though he is not listed as the top running back for the Cardinals, I still think DiMercato is the Cardinals running back you want to add just because of his utilization in the passing game. If you're not in a PPR league, DiMercato probably won't bring you much value. But if you're in a PPR league, Eric DiMercato is the guy you want to put on your roster after James Conner left the game, in the Cardinals game against the Bengals, he had 10 carries for 45 yards, a rushing touchdown, and a catch for 12 yards. DiMercato played all the snaps after Conner was out. Again, Deontay Ingram wasn't in there because he was out of the, of the game with his neck injury. But DiMercato, I feel, is the more talented running back. Ingram hasn't been too great when he's played for the Cardinals. I think Dean Mercado is the more talented back. He's the younger back. I think that's who the Cardinals are going to look for in the absence of Connor. Dean Mercado is my top priority on the waiver wire this week. My second priority is KJ Osborne. KJ Osborne, I think, is going to be a flex play now that Justin Jefferson is out with his hamstring injury. Osborne is likely going to fill in the role for Jefferson. I think Addison's probably going to get more targets, but... Osborne is going to get more playing time because of Jefferson's going to, going to be out. Addison and Osborne are going to be on the field just as much. Kirk is likely going to look at Addison's way more, but Osborne is still a very viable flex play in a Vikings offense that throws the ball a lot. They have not been running it too much. They have Kirk Cousins. They want to lean on him. They're going to throw the ball a lot. And again, TJ Hawkinson also is a guy that is fighting four targets in this offense. So I'm not ready to jump and say KJ Osborne is going to be this great. You have to start him, but he is a flex option. Even though he's the third option in this offense, he's a flex option. I think he's going to kind of put up Jordan Addison numbers that Addison's been putting up maybe a little bit less. My third priority is Josh Downs. Downs has very much won the number two wide receiver role in Indianapolis. Josh Downs over the last three weeks has been a viable flex play. While last week he did only have 5.4 fantasy points against the Rams, in weeks three and five, he's put up 13.7 and 15.7 fantasy points. So he's, I mean, those are flex numbers. Those are definitely numbers that you can go with per your guy in the flex. I think now that Minshew is in there, I think, again, Josh Downs is a guy that in a pinch, he could easily be your, in your flex spot if you need him to be. My fourth priority is Jeff Wilson. Wilson is going to be the number two running back now. The A-chain's out. Wilson, I'm not expecting too much from him this upcoming week. I mean, I think in a pinch, he could be a low-end flex play for you if you really are struggling. But I think Wilson right now is kind of grab him, stash him on your bench, see how he does this upcoming week. And I think eventually, I think after maybe not this week, not even the week after that, but in his third week back with the team, he this we could see this being a pretty much even 50-50 split 
Wilson is not going to get as much work in the passing game as A-Chain and Mostert have gotten. He's I don't believe he's as good of a pass catcher. He's likely, Wilson's likely going to be a guy that's going to probably be more of like the early down back. He's a bigger back than Mostert. Mostert's definitely a speedier back. So again, Mostert's going to get more work in the passing game. I would still play Mostert easily over Wilson, but Wilson more likely to get the touches when they're in the goal line. So Wilson is definitely a guy you want to be stashing on your bench and see how he does against Carolina. My fifth priority is Curtis Samuel. Samuel has kind of been an oddity in fantasy. Last year, I mean, it was looking like he'd be able to do something in fantasy, and then he kind of, his production kind of just fell off a cliff. Now this year, he's kind of starting to bring it back a little bit. Curtis Samuel is the number three wide receiver in this offense, I believe, behind McCorn and Dotson. But, I mean, over the last two weeks, he has scored 18.2 and 18.5 fantasy points. These last two weeks, he's gotten eight and seven targets. I mean, he's getting the volume. He's gotten into the end zone both times, one on the ground and one through the air. So, I mean, they're utilizing Samuel in different ways like they've always had these past few years since he's came to Washington. I mean, I think Curtis Samuel could, I mean, against Atlanta, not that good of a, of a pass defense. I think Samuel could be a low-end flex play for your team if you need one. Going back, going down the list of other waiver wire options, those are my top five other waiver wire options you could be looking at is one is Rasheed Rice, the Chiefs' number one wide receiver, in my opinion. Rice has found the end zone twice now. He's had three of the five weeks he's scored at least 10 fantasy points. Again, I see him also as a low-end flex play, especially in against Denver, a, a defense that hasn't been very good this year. Rasheed Rice definitely could be a low-end flex play for your team. Logan Thomas had a phenomenal game this last week. Thomas scored 20 fantasy points. Thomas, I mean, he's been hit with the injury bug a lot over the past few years. But, I mean, in the Washington's game against the Bears, he had 11 targets, caught nine of them for 77 yards and a touchdown. He did fumble the ball once, which would he would have scored 22.7 then. But Thomas is the... Commander's number one tight end. This is a team that's been throwing the ball a lot with Eric Bieniemy now as their offense coordinator. Brian, I mean, that's been hurting Brian Robinson, but again, that's making McCorn. Dotson's been a little disappointing, but Dotson, again, I think because of that big playability, could be a flex option in a pinch if you need one. Thomas is looking like he could be a tight end one option just because of how bad the tight end position always is in fantasy. Again, so Thomas is a guy that you definitely could be adding if you need a tight end and you kind of been just, I mean, you went the strategy of just looking over the waiver wire for tight end. Thomas is the guy you should be looking at. Tajay Spears, the Titans backup, maybe even starting running back right now. Definitely add you want, definitely a guy you want to be adding. I think he's, I mean, it's been almost an even 50-50 split between Henry and Spears. Spears. I mean, has honestly looked better than Henry so far to start the year with the touches that he's been getting. So far, Spears, I mean, he's coming off of his best performance of the year so far. Only had seven carries for 34 yards, but caught four passes for 35 yards and got into the end zone. That hurt Henry on the day. Henry going to be one of my losers this week. But again, I'll touch on more of that, some of that later. But Spears is a guy that needs to be added to more leagues. He's only added in 36% of leagues, he needs to be in over 50%. If you have Henry on your team, Spears should be on your team. If he if he's on the waiver right, you need to add him. Spears is a guy that, 
Again, he's going to get more and more playing time. It honestly seems like they're maybe trying to save Henry. I mean, I mean, I really don't know what's going on there, but Spears is the younger option, and I think he definitely needs to be on fantasy rosters, not just because of the value he's already bringing alongside Derrick Henry, but in the event that Derrick Henry gets hurt, Spears is going to be a bona fide low-end RB1 for your team. Definitely want to have him on your fantasy team if he's on the waiver wire. My fourth ad is Keontae Ingram. I've kind of touched on him earlier. I think he's going to be the early down back for the Cardinals. They they listed him as the starting running back. But again, this is going to be very much a committee in this Arizona backfield, I would imagine. Not only do they have Ingram, DiMercato, they also added in Tony Jones. He's again, again a, a, a early down back, a bruiser between the tackle running back. So again, I mean, this is could be a three-headed snake in the backfield for the Cardinals. Again, I think DiMercato is the most likely to give fantasy utility just because of his utilization in the passing game. But Ingram is definitely a guy that you that sh- should be on rosters just because of the fact that he's listed as the number one running back. My last waiver wire ad is a guy that you could stash on your IR, Keaton Mitchell. Mitchell is the undrafted running back for the Ravens. Mitchell coming off of he's he's going to be coming off IR here pretty soon. Mitchell is a guy that could take the number 1 running back role in Baltimore. He could take it away from Hill and Gus Edwards. Neither one of one of them have looked too great. Hill had a pretty decent game this last week. He's I mean that Hill had his best week of the year so far this last week. So again, maybe Hill's winning the number 1 RB role in Baltimore, but again, it's kind of just a mess in Baltimore in the backfield. They It's always just a committee. You never know who's, I mean, it's kind of just who's going to fall in the end zone. Whoever falls in the end zone is going to be the better back in, in fantasy that week. It's hard to guess, but Mitchell with his talent profile could maybe win that RB1 role. And he could be an easy stash. If you have an open IR spot, definitely you could slide him into the IR spot. Just keep him there and see how he does. Definitely could be a stash for your team. So now, we're going to jump into my week five winners and losers. There were a lot of great performances coming out of this week and a lot of duds on the board. So let's jump into first my winners coming out of week five. My first winner is none other than Cooper Cup. Cup was on the IR the first four, first four weeks. He was out, was dealing with an injury. A lot of people were concerned with his injury because it was nerve related. Weren't sure when he was going to come back, but came back in week five and picked up right where he left off. Scored 19.8 fantasy points, eight catches for 118 yards, and he is still firmly their wide receiver one. And he has shown that even with Puka Nakua and how great he's been, Cooper Cup is still the number one alpha in this offense, in my opinion. He's going to get the targets from Matthew Stafford. I don't think he's going to have maybe the upside that he did last year, just because, again, Puka Nakua is going, he's not going to go away. He's been way too good for them to just not utilize him. But again, Cooper Cup is still a wide receiver one in fantasy. Definitely a must start every week. This was just a good sign. If you were a Cooper Cup manager, weren't sure about his injury, this was a good sigh of relief to be able to say, okay, Cooper Cup, we still know he can't perform. My second winner out of week two is I have two. It's Joe Burrow and Jamar Chase. Both bounced back against Arizona this last week. Joe Burrow had 23 fantasy points, and Jamar Chase had his best game of the year, scoring 52 fantasy points. I mean, Jamar Chase, I mean, there was some I mean, there was some controversy there going on a little bit. I mean, with Jamar Chase saying, I'm always open, just throw me the ball. I mean, 
And then Joe Burrow dealing with that calf injury. I mean, there was a lot of controversy, but they bounced back against Arizona, a much-needed performance. Now they go against Seattle, a game that could be a shootout. And then they have the bye week. And I think after the bye week is where we're really going to see this Bengals offense get back on track, in my opinion. So I think after the bye week, Joe Burrow is going to be back to himself. Jamar Chase, I mean, he just showed last week why he's still a wide receiver one. Scored 52 fantasy points again. This is a great bounce-back performance for both Chase and Burrow. My third winner out of Week 5 is David Montgomery. Montgomery, just even with Gibbs, Montgomery is the RB1 in Detroit. He's the guy that's going to be on the goal line. He is currently RB8 in fantasy, averaging 20.2 fantasy points a game. I mean, this sucks for Jamar, for Jameer Gibbs' fantasy owners, but, I mean... The Lions didn't say that. I mean, they never shied away from how much they liked Montgomery. This maybe should have been expected. I mean, but Montgomery is just, he's been the guy. He's, he's, he, they trust him. They, they trust being able to give him the ball if they have to 25 times in the game. I don't know if they can say the same thing for Jameer Gibbs. I mean, they're not, it's not like he's not playing. He's, they're utilizing him in different ways. They're, he's just not getting enough workload to be viable in fantasy. He's still, I mean, you're still, I mean, if you drafted him, you're probably still having this throw Gibbs out there every week just because of the fact that there's just not many options at the running back spot. But definitely, I mean, Montgomery looks like he's been one of the biggest steals in fantasy so far this year, and he's showing no signs of slowing down. My fourth winner coming out of week five is DJ Moore. DJ Moore has been absolutely outstanding over these past four weeks after only having 4.5 fantasy points in week one on two targets he has scored at least 13 fantasy points in each of the last four weeks and especially these last two weeks he has scored 27 and 49 fantasy points he had three touchdowns in the bears week five win over the washington commanders dj moore has solidified himself in my opinion as a wide receiver one in fantasy definitely looks great i mean i mean there's I definitely was skeptical after week one saying, man, this Bears offense just doesn't look good. They also have Mooney and Claypool. It's just like, it looks like, I mean, I don't know if Moore is going to be the alpha. He's definitely the alpha. They traded away Claypool. Moore's been the alpha. Justin Fields has looked a lot better. The Bears offense has looked a lot better. Again, they've gone against Denver and Washington defense that hasn't been too great this year. But again, it's still good that they showed up. And I mean, he scored 49 fantasy points. Like that is great. DJ Moore is a wide receiver one in fantasy going the rest of the way. Definitely a must start every week. My last winner out of week five is DeAndre Hopkins. I wasn't very high on Hopkins coming into this year just because of the fact that he went to Tennessee. Not because I don't feel like he's not talented. Just it's just because of the fact that the Titans just don't throw the ball that much. Even when they had AJ Brown, like I, I believe AJ Brown's a better wide receiver than Hopkins and he struggled in fantasy. So I just wasn't very high on Hopkins this year. I still saw him probably as a wide receiver too, but I, I wasn't that high on him. But in week five, he put in a solid performance. He had 11 targets, eight catches, 140 yards for 22 fantasy points. I mean, if he's getting 11, 10 to 11 targets a game, I mean, he's definitely going to be a high-end or, I mean, like honestly, a low-end wide receiver one. If he can keep that target share up, I don't know if the Titans are going to keep throwing the ball that much. I mean, They've been, they've, this is a team that's always been dedicated to running the ball. So I'm not ready to jump the gun on Hopkins here, but definitely a 
good performance for Hopkins, and hopefully a sign of things to come. So now, moving on to my Week 5 losers. My first loser coming out of this week is Terry McLaurin. I am McLaurin first on this list, not really because of his performance. I mean, he only had 8.9 fantasy points. That's not terrible, but it's not, not good. It's not really because of his performance. It's more the fact that I realized that this offense, while it maybe doesn't seem like it, there's a lot of mouths to feed in this offense. Not only do they have Terry McLaurin, but they have Jahan Dotson. They have Curtis Samuel. They have Logan Thomas. And this is an offense that has two running backs that they trust in Brian Robinson and Antonio Gibson. Again, that's just a lot of mouths to feed in an offense that quite hasn't found its footing yet. I do believe that as the season moves on, this offense obviously will get better under with a and they have a younger quarterback and Sam Howell. He's gonna get better. Eric Bianami is still getting the team into his system. Again, so this offense is likely going to get better as the season moves on. I just don't know how like I just think Terry McCorn's ceiling is like wide receiver too. I mean, I, I mean he I mean last year he was Last year, I mean, he was honestly a low-end wide receiver one last year. But this year, it just, there's just so many mouths to feed. I just I only see McLaurin as a flex player right now. I think as the season moves on, he could be kind of a mid-tier wide receiver too. But again, I mean, right now, I just see him as a flex play because of all the people that they are trying to get the ball to. My second loser out of Week 5 is Michael Pittman. I have Michael Pittman on here, again, not really because of his performance, but it's because Anthony Richardson is out. And as we've seen, I mean, Minshew, I don't feel like is going to be looking Pittman's way as much as Richardson was. I think Pittman's going to get more people. I think, excuse me, I think Minshew is going to get a lot more people involved in this offense, specifically Josh Downs. I, I mean, I think Downs is easily a flex play this week. Michael Pittman, I just have him as wide receiver two especially against a Jaguar, I mean, even in a Jaguar, against a Jaguars defense that he kind of torched in week one. I still only have him as a wide receiver too. So again, I would keep, hold on to him probably this upcoming week. But again, I do have him as a sell high and I'll touch on him more later. My third loser out of week five is Miles Sanders. Miles Sanders put in a dud of a performance. He, Miles Sanders only had 1.2 fantasy points 32 rushing yards, and he fumbled the ball. I have been so wrong on Miles Sanders. I, I mean, I mean, again, he, I, I really liked him as a, as a strong RB two coming into the year, and he just hasn't shown it. I mean, right now he's the RB twenty eight. He's been dealing with this groin injury. How much of it is the groin injury? How much is it of them getting Chuba Hubbard more into it? Again. I mean, it's just, it's really been a hard backfield to piece together. And it kind of seems like a backfield that you kind of just want nothing to do with. I mean, again, because of the, the state of the running back position, you're, if you have Miles Sanders, you're likely having to throw him out there. You're likely having to play him just because there's not many other options to go to. But, I mean, Miles Sanders is definitely, not only this week, but this entire year, kind of been a loser for fantasy managers. My fourth loser out of week five is Ramadre Stevenson. Stevenson was a guy that a lot of people, I mean, coming off of his great year last year, kind of saw as a low-end RB1, but he has just not been that for fantasy managers. Ramadre Stevenson on the year is the RB27 
And last week, he only had 2.4 fantasy points, only eight carries for 24 yards. Look, I mean, him and Ezekiel Elliott are, I mean, getting about the same amount of touches. Maybe Roger Stevenson's getting a little bit more playing time, a couple more carries. But Elliott has been getting more work in the passing game. I mean, and that's just what's been so frustrating if you're a Madre Stevenson manager is that Ezekiel Elliott, I mean, for some reason, they're getting him more involved in the passing game than Stevenson, which is kind of crazy. But again, this is just, I mean, they're in a Patriots offense that just hasn't been very good this year, like at all. So, I mean, I still see Madre Stevenson as a low-end RB2. Again, you're likely having to throw him out there. You probably don't have any other options. But... Stevenson has definitely been a disappointment for fantasy managers this year. Much kind of in a similar boat as Miles Sanders, but you likely had to spend higher draft capital to get Ramadre Stevenson this year. My last loser out of week five is Derrick Henry. I touched on him earlier, but Derrick Henry is seeing work two spears. Henry just hasn't looked that good this year. He got a touchdown voltage away from him from Spears. And again, I last year I had him as a last week, I had him as a sell high coming off of his great performance. And hopefully managers sell sold high on him because he had a dud of a of a performance this week. Again, Spears has just looked better. Henry just, I mean, his age is finally starting to show. He's kind of felt like Superman over these past few years, like invincible, he's never going to go away. But like always, when running backs at that age 30, they kind of start to falter a little bit. Again, Derrick Henry is still a viable fantasy option. Don't get me wrong. You're still starting him if you have him. But again, this just shows that Derrick Henry is going to have these kind of weeks where, I mean, I mean, 9.2 fantasy points isn't terrible. But I mean, this is Derrick Henry. You drafted him in the first round. You're expecting way more, and he just hasn't quite given it to you so far this year, as he's only the RB15. So with that, we're going to wrap the show up with my final and favorite segment, my buy lows and sell highs. I'm going to give you five buy lows, five players you should trade for, and then five sell highs, five players you should trade away. My first buy low is Ravens quarterback Lamar Jackson. Lamar Jackson had a dud of a full of a performance this last week only had 9.9 fantasy points basically 10 fantasy points against the Pittsburgh Steelers had an interception and a fumble didn't get didn't find the end zone but again if the last if the three weeks prior to that have proved anything it's that Lamar Jackson is still a top five quarterback in fantasy you're still rolling him out there every week because of his rushing ability he's an elite fantasy quarterback Again, if you can get him maybe at a discounted price because of this performance, as he's only the QB 10 so far this year, jump on it. Lamar Jackson is the guy you should be trying to buy low on in fantasy. My second buy low is a buy, a buy low I had last week and still this week in Jalen Waddle. I still believe Jalen Waddle is going to be a low-end flex play this week, not this week, this year. I see him in the similar light as Devontae Smith, where he's going to have some weeks where he only has like six or eight but he's going to have those huge games where he gets 30-plus fantasy points. Again, it hasn't quite happened yet, but Waddle is still, in my opinion, a wide receiver one. He's currently the wide receiver 47, but you should be trying to trade. Buy low on him. Try to get him. He can easily turn things around the rest of the way this season. My third buy low this week is Joe Mixon. Joe Mixon this year has gotten 
more carries, more touches, more playing time, but it hasn't transferred over into fantasy. While he is the RB17, which isn't terrible, I still see him as a low-end RB1. He's getting all the goal line touches. He had 25 carries in the Bengals game against Arizona. I think what's holding Mixon back is just this entire Bengals offense just hasn't been very good. Again, I think this upcoming week he is a high-end RB2. Coming off of the bye week, I think Mixon is going to turn it around. I think Joe Mixon is a guy you should be looking to trade for if you need a running back. My fourth buy low is Chris Olave. Chris Olave, I saw this this year. I had him rated above Garrett Wilson. I really believe that Chris Olave was going to break out this year and just be a stud. It hasn't happened yet. I still believe in Chris Olave. I still believe that Derek Carr is a better quarterback than he's been than he than he's been playing like. Again, I think I still think Chris Olave is a low end wide receiver one, much like Jalen Waddle, but he's gonna have not as high of a ceiling, but a higher floor. He's gonna be he's a very he's a wide receiver that you know where you're gonna get from him, but I think his floor is way higher than what he's been showing. I think Olave is an elite fantasy option. I think you need to be looking to trade for him if you need a wide receiver. My last buy low is Bijan Robinson. I keep having him on this list week in and week out just because he hasn't had that performance yet that has made that has quite not like you know every like Christian McCaffrey when he had his 47 point performance the other week again that's a performance that like makes fantasy managers like I'm not trading him. He hasn't had that performance yet. He's the RB7, which is great, but he hasn't quite had that performance where it's like up oh, he's untradeable. I, if you can get him, if you have a chance to get B. John Robinson, jump on it, jump on it, jump on it. He's coming off of these last three weeks. He is not top 20 fantasy points at all in these last three weeks. And in two of the three weeks, he hasn't even topped 12. So, again, B. John Robinson is a guy. I, he's, I still see him as an elite RB1, one of the top fantasy running backs in the league. You need to try to get B. John Robinson. Now moving on to my sell highs. My first sell high is George Pickens. George Pickens is coming off of a very good performance this last week where he had 26.6 fantasy points. He had six catches for 130 yards and a touchdown. My problem with this is not that I don't think Pickens isn't a good player or anything like that. It's the fact that Deontay Johnson is going to be coming back here soon. The Steelers have a bye week, but they're saying that Deontay Johnson is expected to play in week seven following the bye. So I believe when Deontay Johnson comes back, George Pickens is going to be kind of that boomer bust flex play again. If you can get someone to buy George Pickens as a wide receiver two, jump on it. Because when Deontay Johnson comes back, Pickens is not going to be putting up these kinds of performances. My second sell high is Alexander Madison. Madison is a clear sell high to me just because of the fact that this is turning in, this is going to turn into, in my opinion, a 50, almost a 50 50 split between Madison and Cam Akers in this Vikings backfield. I still think Madison is the top dog. He's going to probably get more touches around the goal line. I still think he is more viable of a fantasy option than Cam Akers, obviously. But if you I mean over in four of the past five weeks, he has topped double digit fantasy points. So again, if you can get someone, to buy Madison as a high-end RB2, maybe. I mean, he hasn't shown that, but like, 
don't know, sell them at the right value is what I want to say. Don't just trade them just to trade them. Because, I mean, the Vikings do play the Bears this upcoming week. I think that's another performance that Madison's going to thrive in. But I would try to trade him before that game against San Francisco. I think that's the game. Before that game is, if you're wanting to trade him, that's the time to trade him. So maybe you wait until he has a good performance against the Bears this week and then sell him. My third sell high is Michael Pittman. I have Michael Pittman on here just because of the fact that there's so much uncertainty for him, in my opinion, because of the the Anthony Richardson injury, Minshew coming in. I just, because of all the question marks, if you can just sell Pittman and get hit the good value for him, I would just do it. Just because of the fact that he I mean, he could turn into what I thought he was going to be at the beginning of the year in like just this kind of this low level flex play. I just wasn't very high on Pittman this year. He's proved me wrong. But now with Minshew running the helm of the Colts offense, I think this is a time that you can sell Michael Pittman. Again, maybe you wait until after his performance against Jacksonville, where he will likely scorch the Jacksonville defense. But again, I would try to sell high on Michael Pittman. My fourth sell high is Alvin Kamara. Alvin Kamara, since coming back, has been very, very good for the Saints. Alvin Kamara, over the past two weeks, has had 18 fantasy points and 21 fantasy points. And last week against New England, he had 22 carries, 80 yards, a touchdown, along with three catches for 17 yards. My problem with Alvin Kamara is Jamal Williams is going to be coming back soon. This is an offense that wants to use DeAndre Miller, their rookie running back. I just feel like this is going to be a crowded backfield. And I mean, I still see Kamara as like an RB2. But right now, he's producing like an RB1. If you can get RB1 value for him, I would definitely sell him. My last sell high is Gabe Davis, the Bills' number two wide receiver. Gabe Davis, so far this year, has, I mean, kind of performed like we thought he would last year. Currently, he is the wide receiver 14 in fantasy. He has been great so far. If you take out his week one, performance he has topped 10 fantasy points every week he has scored a touchdown in each of the last four weeks again but I still see him as a boom or bust flex play if you can get wide receiver two value for him much like George Pickens I would jump on it just because of the fact that I mean again if he doesn't find the end zone he's just not going to be a viable option he's a boom or bust flex play if you can get wide receiver two value for him jump on it so with that I'm going to wrap things up this week. Thank you for tuning in. Make sure to tune in next week for my week six fantasy football recap. And again, if you have any questions fantasy related, make sure to email unlimitedfantasyfootball at gmail.com with any fantasy questions you have. And until next week, I will see you later.